Hello, welcome to the Withy Window Podcast, brought to you by Covenant Coffee. The Withy Window Podcast exists to help men and women have dominion and mastery over their corner of the earth as they build godly households that are sturdy, productive, and joyful. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over all, and we desire to see His Word come out our fingertips. And particularly, we desire to build upon the commands of Christ by speaking specifically about the wisdom of applying those commands. My name is Matt. I'm joined here by my wife, Sarah. Hi, guys. Well, tonight, we want to talk about the hot topic of women and modesty, Uh, and uh, particularly... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the the idea of homecoming dresses being that it's f- f- the fall season right now mm-hmm. is quite the uh, the topic. Yes. Um, and uh, not that I didn't know this already, but one of the blasphemy laws of our day, or one of the idols of our day, is that you just simply cannot tell a woman what to do. Yeah. Especially as a man, yeah. <laughs> I I am speaking at a conference in the spring on gendered virtue, on masculine virtue versus feminine virtue, and the first comment on Twitter underneath the announcement of that today mm-hmm. uh, was basically a a woman saying, "Well, why isn't there any women speaking here if you're going to talk about?" men and women. Yeah. Uh, and which is, you know, depending on the context, it wouldn't necessarily be bad to have uh, a woman uh, mm-hmm. speak. But the fact that that's the expectation, that how dare you as men speak to us women. I think that's just, it's on high alert right now. It's like they're seeking and searching for that. And uh, so I think that's a very common question right now. I, I wonder if, um, and I'm just speculating here, but you know, given the trends of the past 10, 15 years and you know, feminism and, and that uh, kind of um, speeding up and, and really we're now into lots of the ill effects of feminism, but then what's happened over the past you know, couple of years has been a... Um, kind of an awakening, if you will, of men who have realized, hang on a second, and and women too, but particularly men realizing, hang on a second, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're, this is bad, and so there's a a revitalization of masculinity, some of which is bad, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is genuinely toxic and and evil, um, but a lot of it's very very good, and so I wonder if there's like a a feeling of being threatened mm-hmm. uh, by the women and their puppy dog men that is making them uh, get anxious, like such that anything that's said is just kind of that high alert right. that you said. And w- women can't trust, they're, they're not trusting men to express for women rightly. Yeah. You know, they're just, they can't trust that. But yeah, it's also, it comes down to a, um, 
um, a lack of trust in God or yeah. or godly male leaders. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you haven't stepped in my shoes. You're not a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so therefore you can never, never, never speak into how I'm feeling or who I am. Yeah. Never mind the fact that at least in our attempts in these situations and at our church is going to be to address these items from from God's words. Absolutely. Yes. And so it doesn't matter whether or not I've walked in your shoes. God created That's right. God created a woman. Uh all women. And he he knows them better than they know themselves. So who better to speak uh to women than God's words? And whether it's uh, just because I'm a man delivering that message doesn't doesn't void the message. It doesn't somehow get you out of hearing the truth. So um, yeah, it just it's a it's a it's a tough topic uh, today. Not because it's tough to uh, to explain or tough to understand. It's tough because idols are raging right. all around this, and it's it's amazing because you can. You can tell when an idol is raging because they, they just can't see anything else other than their idol. It's like Psalm 115. Right. Where we become like the idols that we fashion with our hands, having eyes but cannot see and ears but cannot hear. And they just become unreasonable. There's yes. there's no conversing. And, and when you say something really plainly, they just, just cannot. They just rage. Right. They just this rage. Or they go on um uh side issues and try to bring up other things that are not part of the actual conversation. So, and, you know, and and so as we think about modesty, it's also like, I get this sense that people are like tired of this conversation. Um, And like, I just want to know why, like, why are we so tired of talking about how to live holy lives Mm -hmm. in the realm of modesty? And is it because we're being like, quote, overtold or told too much? Or traditionally, this has been talked about too much? Or you've had, quote unquote, the fashion police or, quote unquote, whatever. Like, I, I remember a time where you and I, when we were in um, leadership in youth group, and you advised a young lady to put on her jacket. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How did that go? Um, that there was offense taken by the young lady mm-hmm. and then thus offense taken by her parents uh-huh. and then thus spread to the youth pastor. And this was one of his pet families. Yeah. And then, and you, you know, and I had to have a sit down with the youth pastor. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, she was wearing a skin tight, white see-through shirt essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah. And showed just showed outlines of like things under garments that just you know just needed to be. Hey, I think that you should put this jacket on. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll talk I, about it. <laughs> right, and it wasn't like in right. front of everybody. It wasn't from a stage. No. It wasn't with a microphone. No, it was just a private exhortation and gentleness. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you know it's just a hot topic and wondering like how. How are we feeling about this? Does this hurt my feelings, or mm-hmm. you know? But I, 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 just, d- I don't think that it's like we're necessarily have over talked this conversation, or it's been over policed. I think we just don't like being told what to do. Mm. I just think people just don't like standards. They they don't like, um, 
you know, if 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 we're okay with anything, we'll just give me some principles, and you know, mm-hmm. let's just kind of stay up there. Which we're going to talk about those today as well. But but it's like we just don't like being told what to do. I, I true. We just have a society where well, that sounds legalistic. Well, to to anyone who doesn't want God's standard, mm-hmm. anything is going to sound legalistic. Sure, it's going to be a, it's an age old problem, which is why we're still talking about it. It's you absolutely know, so. I I don't understand why we need we're tired of this conversation. I think Christians need to um, prepare to have this conversation for years and years to come because it's a it's an age old problem of the past and it's going to continue on too because it's our culture, it's flesh, sinfulness, and so we just need to chalk it up. Of this is something we're going to have to proclaim God's ways and word about modesty for a very long time until we die it's it's not going to go anywhere we're going to have to keep talking about it yes um you know and talking and it was it was present back in in proverbs right with the yeah. prostitute dressing in a certain way um standing at the door like it's it's been around for a very long time sure and paul in the new testament calling out you know and just talking to women of this is how you ought to adorn yourself but talking about this, you know, is so important. Like Christian households are not teaching the things of God like they ought. So modesty needs to be one of those topics out of many topics that the Christian household is regularly teaching and talking about. And because Christian households are not, that's why we have pictures of daughters that are from Christian households dressed in um, immodest things plastered and celebrated, like say through Facebook. Um, yeah, well, that, 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 it blows my mind because you've you've got them dressed in inappropriate ways, and we'll get to why that is in just a minute. But then it's not just mom and dad are kind of trying to you know appease or kind of um, you know don't want to push the buttons with their child. You know, and I'm not saying that that would be okay either. But then they, but then they celebrate it by right. posting pictures of it on social media. Right, like that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you might as well sign them up for a a magazine subscription and and offer up their pictures for those places. I just, I don't understand. Why, why do the, you want the world to yes. see all of that skin of your daughter? I just call me overprotective, but. My gosh. It's I'll, not thinking biblically from No. And and it's like and it's even more primitive or premature young family stage. Um, we're not teaching the things of God even before homecoming season or that age of child is at that age. So And then, and then we're gonna wonder why uh that same dad and mom's gonna wonder why their daughter is incredibly promiscuous sure. when she gets to uh, when she gets to college, or as the as the girls are or the kids are saying these days, she becomes a used mattress. Mm-hmm. Like when she gets to college, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're gonna wonder why. Well, you taught them. Yeah. Mom and dad taught them how to handle themselves and how to express uh, their inward being and 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 so on. So like I that. Anyways, there you go. Absolutely. So the big topic currently right now is um homecoming dances at christian schools and at public schools 
And, you know, all over social media, you see young, beautiful young daughters posing um, with friends, all dressed very similarly. And then sometimes with posing with a vulnerable young man, a date who has his arms wrapped around her waist. And that young man is not even able to handle the female that is that his hands are wrapped around. And when I say handle, I mean the revealing dress showing so much shape of her and skin that's meant for the bedroom mm-hmm. between a husband and wife and the Christian parent who lets between a man and a woman, right? Not a, not even a not teenager, a child a teenager. and yes. a child. Yes. So, so I want to, we want to speak specifically to Christian parents, Christian households, but the Christian parent who lets their daughter dress in an immodest, like culturally accepted style of a dress is putting both her and her date in a position of vulnerability and temptation. Mm-hmm. And dads, you know, you were a young man once. You are a male. And so you ought to know and be aware and alert of yourself back at that age. And parent- yeah, I just I just wonder, I, I wonder if the dads in that moment are too busy lusting after their daughter's date to actually be aware or to even have the mental space to think about what their own son is struggling with in that moment. You know, it could be, I think it's probably a couple factors, I bet it's that. And I think Satan just has lulled dads to sleep. Or dad doesn't know how to say no. Yeah. There's a mansplain on that. Yeah. Like... He doesn't know how to say no, or he just wants to keep his daughter happy. And and the mom happy, too. And the mom, who's you know? trying to dress her her daughter like Barbie. Yeah. Yeah, and in, the, and in that, they're just completely neglecting God's call to adorning their daughter in beauty. And let me just capitalize, like, when I say beauty, like, in purity. Mm, and yeah. so, and just, I want to talk to dads for just a moment. Like, dads, those legs and skin of your daughter, they're meant for... Her husband's, her future husband's eyes. And as dads, you, you should be protecting her with the teaching of God's word and to help her love his standard so that she's not looking at dressing more modestly as something legalistic, but as absolutely something very beautiful and precious. Yeah. So. Like, I'll hit on that dad thing there for a second. If a dad should want an honest hardworking, respectable, honorable young man mm-hmm. for his daughter mm-hmm. that he's going to give his daughter to someday, right? And that kind of man, uh, obviously I'm going to talk about a young man who is loving the Lord and Lord willing has protected himself and his parents have protected him, mm-hmm. then you, if that's the kind of man that you want for your daughter... And you know they do. <laughs> mm-hmm, then you need to help your daughter dress in a way that honors her future husband. That's right. And otherwise, you're going to dress her in a way that will get the kind of crap husband that you deserve as a father. Right. The, the, for your daughter. and But you're in the seat of authority and protection, um, both for her and your future son-in-law. And what you want is a son-in-law who is godly, that 
um, is fitting, but you got to help your daughter dress and live in a way that is fitting for that kind of man. That's right. And people who don't have the ears to hear our heartbeat, even in our conversations so far, they're going to sidestep what we're saying and they're going to focus in on the fact that, what do you mean? You're going to tell, you can't tell a girl what she ought to wear or you are being too legalistic or, you know, they're, they're going to capitalize and zone in on that. Like you had said, like they're just going to be so full of their idol. They can't see anything else. Um, but man, through prayer and, and such, I pray that the rest of this conversation, um, godly households, godly parents can hear how they ought to be training yeah. their children. Well, I mean, the reality is is two things. Christ's sheep hear His voice and they follow Him. That's right. Well, what is His voice? Well, there's another passage that says, Know the truth and the truth will set you free. So those who have ears to hear the truth will hear it. Um, and until then, if that ever happens for them, then they will rage on like a bunch of buffoons and on into destruction, and they will take their children there with them. And that's sad. It is. But our hope, mm-hmm. and where we can be joyful in the, in the midst of their raging, is that God knows who are His, mm-hmm. who His children are, and He will save them. And, and our role is not to be this um, super winsome, like, mm-hmm. it's, not to, it's to speak the truth in love. That's what winsomeness should look like. I'm going to do this in a way that I believe is loving and motivated out of love. And so dancing around this topic is, is how we've gotten to where we're at. It's been it's pastors, churches, fathers, mothers dancing around. Instead of saying, no, you can't wear a dress that comes that far up your legs um, because they don't want to be, quote, legalistic or they, they, they don't want to... You know what you just described. Or you want to fight with your daughter. You know. You know. That's why we're where we're at. Mm-hmm. Too afraid of being called legalistic. I I just don't care mm-hmm. if someone wants to call me legalistic. Like that's fine. I know where I believe and what I believe concerning the gospel, uh, and that salvation comes by grace through faith alone. But that faith is living and active and produces righteousness of Christ in us. And that righteousness looks like me leading my daughter to dress in a way that's godly. That's right. And you and pray if, that the taste that she tastes the goodness of God in absolutely. your truthfulness and in your bluntness of like no, this is what this God's this is what God's way is for you. Absolutely. And in and in her modesty following the instruction of her father and mother um the kind of man that's going to look at that and say you know what, I think I want to marry that. I respect the way she dresses. She has gravitas to her being. She is honorable. She is self-controlled. That's the kind of wife I want. For me as a father, and I know you as a mother, that's the kind of son-in-law I want. That's right. You know, what's interesting, you just said that, and I remember having a conversation with um, our two older boys at separate times just a few weeks ago, and telling them this is the kind of girl you want to look for you want you don't want because they were asking me well mom like why is it normal for them to wear like this short of shorts or you know it was just coming up with their modesty yeah. and I said this is very common but you want to look for 
a girl who has higher standards, who's covering more of her body, mm-hmm. because that is what um, honors the Lord, and that's what you need to look for. Just planting seeds in in conversations with them at age eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and and teaching them that son, that's the way pagans dress, right? We're not pagans. True. We follow the Lord, mm-hmm. and His ways are good, mm-hmm. and those ways are not good, right? So there was a uh, an article on Desiring God, and I'll put the uh, link to the article in the show notes by um, Mary, pronounce her last name. Mary Cassian. Mary Cassian. There we go. Um, that was really, really helpful. Um, we're going to kind of use that as some framework here um, uh, to, to walk through, but I encourage you to go there and, and read that. I'm going to read some parts from it, and we'll make some comments. And I really just want to spend the next few minutes um, laying out kind of the heartbeat and some principled framework here. Uh, and then we want to get into the things uh, which will be called legalistic for, um, but I'm going to post those on <laughs> Patreon. So uh, if you want to hear those, um, you'll have to become a at least a, a bronze subscriber. So um, let's start here with 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Uh, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. Hang on. All right, so we're going to um, basically take this article from Mary Cassian uh, that was uh, published on Desiring God. I'll put the link to the article in our show notes um, and basically work through a few things that she said. I'm going to quote her a bunch. We'll, we'll quote her a bunch. But this article is just fantastic. Um, and it's, it's on the idea of, of modesty. So, um, with that said, let's, uh, let's jump right into this. First Timothy two, nine through 10 says women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So basically... There was an issue in Ephesus with the external wearings of the women, not the men. Right? Just, just make sure we're clear here. <laughs> um, uh, certainly, there are modesty issues for men, and much of what we're going to say today applies to men as well. But here we have Paul as addressing the women. Just so you know, right there at the beginning, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. Um, so basically, there's a there's an issue with what's happening on the outside that is ultimately a result of what's happening on the inside, yet they're both dealt with, and they're both important. There's one that precedes the other, but they're both important. And so there are, there are three words, particularly, and we're going to spend most of our time thinking about these three words. There's respectable, modest, and self-controlled. Now, something that, that Cassian brings up is uh, that the idea of modesty and reverence, there's an overlap. So with the, the Greek word for modest from 1 Timothy 2.9 is also found in some manuscripts of Hebrews 12.28, where it says, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and then the same word uh, for modesty. But other manuscripts have a, have a different word. Um, but there's, uh, there seems to be 
a uh, uh, some consensus that that this is the word the the better word um, in that context. So regardless of whether or not that's uh, that's the case, the the point in working through these words is still just as is. just as important, and it really doesn't change that fact. But here at the beginning, what 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 Cassian draws out is that if this is true, that these manuscripts are manuscripts rather are the most accurate, then um, that this is not just a clothing issue, but it's not just a heart issue as well. But that the idea of 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 modesty and worship that there's an overlapping reality here. That we are to worship God with modesty, that is, with proper respect and regard, and not with brashness, insolence, or a shameless sense of self-importance. So there's, so there's like a, a connectedness. So if we're to let our, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and modesty, basically meaning uh, awe, um, like a reverence. Um, man, I am messing that up like crazy. The, the The first thing that Cassian points out is that that the idea of modesty and reverence overlap. So the word in in some of the most important manuscripts for modest in First Timothy two nine that we just read are also found in. Uh, in certain manuscripts in the passage of Hebrews 12, 28, which says, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and modesty. Right? That, the, that would be the word there as well. Um, so basically, with this overlap here, Cassian says, we are to worship God with modesty, that is, with proper respect and regard Excuse me, and not with brashness, insolence, or a shameless sense of self-importance. That, that that as we worship the Lord, modesty plays uh, a role there, and it's very similar uh, with with that of reverence, even though it has its own connotations. And so Paul was saying, basically, that a woman's faith should influence her wardrobe. And, and that's a key phrase. And that's exactly our heartbeat when we had went on a rant at the beginning of this, of Christian households training up their daughter um, in the realm of the wardrobe with modesty. And this is exactly what we ought to be teaching our children from a very young age, um, is what does what faith in, the, in God look like and how it should influence lots of areas of her life. And it just, it's a... It's a, it's a beautiful thing that we need to be teaching. Mm-hmm. That's right. Be, be, and, and teaching particularly that, uh, that it's a faith issue. Yes. And by faith issue, uh, if you want to learn about faith, you should go to our CTL website, and we just preached oh, yeah. multiple weeks on the idea of faith. Through Hebrews. As faith is not just some individual personal expression of whatever baloney you want to ascribe to. Uh, faith here is like her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he is and all that he has said and done, uh, that her faith in that should influence her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So with that... Um, in fact, her focus is the Lord. 
mm-hmm. and not her wardrobe. That's right. You know? we'll, and we'll get right? there in a few minutes. Um, so, so Mary offers these three questions, and we're going to work through these three questions, and then we'll wrap it up. But the first is, is it becoming or unbecoming? So, so the Greek word used for respectable also means, like, is it becoming? And Mary says, Paul's primary concern is that our clothing is becoming or congruous with or fitting to and consistent. Like, so that's, that's she's defining for us becoming or unbecoming. So is it congruous with or fitting to or consistent with our, here we go, character as children of God? Respectable means that on God's terms, it makes it easier rather than harder for others to give us their respect. Mm-hmm. Right? So this means someone who is who desires the things of God and his standards, that the way she would dress would make it easy for that person to give her respect. We're not talking about make it easy or hard for a pagan to give her respect. Well, that's good, because you're not going to get respect from pagans <laughs> when you're standing on God's word with mm. his terms. It, yes, exactly. That's very important to know um, right now in this day and age on social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. You're not going to earn everybody's respect, but the yeah. one who have the ears to hear of the Lord, yes. That's That's right. Mary goes on, she says, Godly women adopt an entirely different approach toward clothing than women who don't know Jesus Christ. They dress in a way that is in keeping with their Christian character. Yeah, a Christian female who has an affection for God and His ways or His law will bear the fruit of a becoming wardrobe. She keeps in step with her God that way. She And a sheep will, will have wool because it's a sheep. It's not going to grow fur, right? Yeah. So it's like the bad tree or the the bad tr- fruit tree bearing it can't bear good fruit. Yeah. Yeah, like I think some pra- like a practical thing would be like a, a a lady should ask the question even a high school girl, a middle school girl or even, you know, our daughter uh, as a 5-year-old should be asking the question is is this something the Lord that would honor the Lord? Is this something that He would be pleased to see me in? Is this something that makes the what He's given me beautiful and adorning? Mm-hmm. Um, not what's going to make me cool with my friends, or what's going to make me accepted by those dudes, or or how can I express my personal individualism, or you know any any of those other reasons? Name it. Um, how would this honor the Lord? Christian mothers need to be really instrumental in helping their daughters think that way. Yeah, that's right. Mary reminds us that our Lord wants His girls to be stunningly beautiful. You know, you know. Pause there, though, because like, what do you mean by stunningly beautiful? It's really easy to automatically think outward beauty uh, and appearance, but of course, as Christians, we've got to look biblically which encompasses a stunningly beautiful inside and outside. And mm-hmm. I'm not even saying neglect the outside. Yeah. I think I it does mean God wants us to be stunningly beautiful outside, um, but we are a whole person created by God, and so it's inside and outside. That's right. If you go read, like, Proverbs, uh, you see pictures there painted very clearly that a, that a prostitute dresses in a certain way. 
mm-hmm. that to the adulteress is beautiful, right? And to the one she's tempting or she's trying to seduce, she's clearly beautiful. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of beauty that's being talked about here, although it involves the external. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he, she, she goes on, uh, and he repeatedly stresses that a woman's beauty and her beautification is something that begins on the inside. The heart is where we put on Christ and his clothing. Therefore, a godly woman is far more concerned with her spiritual appearance than her physical appearance. The righteousness of Christ is the clothing that she puts on for others to see. So the, the again, back to the question of does this honor the Lord? Well, So the question is, is, is the way I'm dressing, is that going to show the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the, the one who bought and paid for my soul? And that that's that's a much different question than is this going to be acceptable? Is this going to draw attention to me? Like you have, it's a totally different outlook because you're you're concerned now with adorning Christ ultimately by that. And so, spiritual adornment is the reality. Physical adornment, Mary says, is the symbol of that reality. Right. So, spiritual adornment is the reality. Physical adornment is the symbol. Our external clothing is of secondary importance, she says this, yet it is not inconsequential, for it bears witness to our spiritual clothing. Right. So, you know, someone said the other day, well, you should you should just let girls wear whatever they want to wear. Well, clearly you haven't read your Bible, because none of us are allowed to just wear whatever we want to wear. We can wear whatever it is, that will um, uh, bring honor and glory to the Lord, but we have to understand that whatever we choose to wear is a witness to what's going on inside of us. Right. So what we wear on the outside, she says, should be befitting or proper for women who profess godliness, which is back to that Second Tim, uh, that First Timothy two ten passage. The external should express and match the internal. That's a good summation of is it becoming. The external should express and match the internal. And, and I think uh, to be um, uh, maybe a bit provocative here on purpose, I think, um, no, I don't think, I know, that the, the external almost always displays the reality of the internal. Mm. So... The uh, meaning the fruit bears witness to what kind of tree it is. So if you have a Christian family with a Christian daughter that is dressing in an unbecoming way, um, then I'm not saying that she's necessarily lost or unredeemed, but what I am saying is that that symbolizes and reveals what's actually in her heart, mm-hmm. right? So if she's dressing in a provocative way, then that's revealing something about her heart, and it's revealing something about mom and dad's hearts too. Exactly. Um, it, there is something that is not congruent with a life of godliness or for a woman who professes godliness. 
It is congruent, though, with what's actually in their heart. And that's, that's what I think is unique with, with, what Tim, with what Paul says to Timothy here is proper for women who profess godliness. Right. So it is congruent with whatever's going on in their hearts. Um, and what he's saying is that that issue that's going on in their hearts has got to change. That's right. He's saying, like, you know, in this context, like Christian parents wake up and teach against the cultural flow and teach the things of God mm-hmm. of modesty and purity yeah. in your child's wardrobe. Yeah. You, you know, side note, someone said to me the other day on this topic, well, Jesus never said anything about the way women dress, but he said a whole lot about men and lusting, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a super um, ignorant comment uh, and quite funny, too. Um, but Paul does, and so we're talking about Paul right now, and the last time I checked... Jesus's words are represented in all of the scriptures, even though they're not in red. Right. And so here he's telling women to dress in a way that is proper for one who professes godliness. So the second uh, question is, is it decent or indecent? So as mentioned earlier, back back to, to Cassian here, the word for modesty means appropriate respect and regard it is the opposite of brashness, insolence, audacity, or shameless sense of self-importance. Uh, this word involves an inward restraint or aversion toward everything that is unseemly or indecent in God's eyes. It's easy to lose the taste of what is indecent in God's eyes when... Everything around us when is like the repetition of accepting indecent things. It's the drum that we march to in our culture. Whatever the flow is, like whatever the flow is in our um, clothing stores and such. So it's just easy to um, march to that drum and away from God's decent and lovely ways. Yeah, in, in Hebrews 12, 1-3, that I'm preaching this coming Sunday, he talks about you know Jesus for the joy that was set before him, so for the for the crown that he could see through the cross, so through the agony of the cross, the joy of the crown, the joy of his bride, or the joy of his crown, having his crown, the joy of having his bride, and all that that entails. That was what was set before him, and because of what was set before him, he was able to endure. And so if, as a Christian, our calling is to, with endurance, run the race, um, meaning that we would run the race of working our faith out, seeing it to the end, that He is ultimately the one working in us, but we have to work to do that. What has to happen is what is set before us has to be the right things that will produce the endurance of faith. So whatever you set before you, whatever whatever is set before you, is going to affect the direction you go, uh, and it's going to affect whether or not ultimately you endure or persevere in faith. So with that said, if all you set before yourself or before your daughters is indecent clothing, then their faith will gravitate toward that pattern. 
Right. That's, I mean, that's the option. Which is the pattern towards destruction. Mm -hmm. So what you set before them, mom and dad, is is absolutely crucial. It is. If you just let them on Facebook and Instagram and TV and and have indecent friends and all that, then they will. That's what you're setting before them. And their faith will gravitate towards that, which is not towards the Lord. So that that's the danger. So that's why, uh, all that to say, that's like the repetition of accepting the decent things, because we keep setting those things before us. So um, Mary says, dressing modestly means first that we are not defiant toward God. We choose clothes that are decent in His eyes, not clothes that are provocative, seductive, and honor nakedness. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, but um, I wanted to add this, that the only time we honor nakedness is in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. and here's why. Because in the bedroom, meaning between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman who are in covenant together. So why would we honor nakedness in that context? Because it's a covenant relationship symbolizing that the shame which nakedness represents, has been dealt with. Mm-hmm. So that that's, at least that's one of the aspects mm-hmm. of this covenant relationship. That's where a husband and wife should not, um, they don't need to cover themselves because it's symbolic that their shame has been dealt with inside this covenant relationship. Well, where's that coming from? Well, because in the relationship with Christ, we are his bride and his blood in that covenant relationship covers and deals with our guilt and our shame Mm -hmm. that our nakedness represents. So if the husband and wife relationship is to mimic or to symbolize the relationship of the covenantal relationship of Christ with his bride, the church, then the same thing that is true. A husband and wife should not cover themselves when it's just them, I'm not saying they have to walk around the house naked all the time. You get on point. That they don't like when they go to the bed or they go to intimate time. They don't have to cover themselves because that shame is, um, in a sense, has been dealt with. At least for unbeliever or for for rather for believers, mm-hmm. it has been literally dealt with um, in that moment. So she goes on when we dress decently. We recognize that God ordained clothes to cover and not draw attention to our naked skin. We cover up out of respect for Him, the gospel, other people, and out of respect for who He made us to be. She goes on, Our clothing is supposed to tell the truth about the gospel. It shows the world that Jesus covers our shame and makes us decent. Our clothes cover our nakedness as the clothing of Christ covers our sin, Revelation 3, 18. So here's what you got. You got to tie this back to the garden. So Adam and Eve sin. They hide. Why do they hide? They hide because they're in shame. When God comes, he says, Adam, where are you? He knows where Adam is. Why are you hiding? He knows why Adam's hiding. But Adam's hiding because he's in shame. He's he's now uh, shameful. And then what does God do? God covers his nakedness. He says, well, who told you you're naked? 
mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's an intuitive like sense there in Genesis that he feels shame, so he covers himself. Mm-hmm. And so what does God do to deal with the shame? He kills the first animal, the first drop of blood is shed, God covers it. So when we try to expose our nakedness outside the covenant in which our nakedness is dealt with, then we are being indecent. We're being disrespectful um, of God and the gospel and Christ. That's what's happening. So when I see a, a Christian dad letting his daughter dress in an indecent fashion, he is not just disrespecting his daughter, He's disrespecting the Lord, and he's teaching his daughter to disrespect the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what's doing is it's denying the reality that we are, um, are we have sin that has to be dealt with, and so we cover ourselves toward that aim for that purpose. So. Um, I think I, she, she goes on, decency means we agree with our Lord about the true purpose of clothing and humbly set aside our self-interest to dress in a way that exalts Jesus. You know, that wraps up the second question, is it decent or indecent? And the third question is, um, is it moderate or excessive? Yeah. See, she goes on, godly women are self-controlled in their behavior and in the way they dress. So they rein in their impulses and avoid crazy extremes in fashion, hairstyles, and makeup. They avoid spending crazy amounts of money or stuffing their closets full of crazy quantities of clothing. As is the case with everything else they do, their clothing decisions are governed with a holy sense of moderation, simplicity, and self-control. That is a great, um, just packed statement that we need to have so many areas of our life, you know, governed with a holy sense of moderation, simplicity, and self-control. So uh, just to kind of recap, three questions. Is it becoming? Is it decent? Is it moderate? We'll help you figure out what to wear. Um, and uh, Cassian says... She uh, repeats this from 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have with God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So, you know, when I, when I made that comment about uh, homecoming dresses, um, someone said in their response, um, well, it's not like she's thinking about what, you know, Johnny's going to think about her and how she can go get Johnny or something to that effect. And and I'm like, well, I don't care whether or not she's saying that. I want to know, is she saying, does this honor and glorify God? Mm -hmm. That's what she should be saying. And if she's saying anything else, it's sinful. Mm -hmm. Like it just just doesn't, if this is not paramount um, in her mind, and if dad's not leading her to do this and mom's not leading her to do this, then um, then it's falling short mm-hmm. of the expectation. Right. So Cassian says, clothing is not meant to be about us. It's meant to display deep and profound truths about God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So are you like dressing to stand out? 
Like you could you could do this in multiple ways. Like you could do mm-hmm. this by excessiveness and makeup or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could do it by just dressing weirdly. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a as a girl trying to dress like a boy, like you're you're dressing to stand out. You're dressing to serve some other purpose, um, other than the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like to to serve Him. Are you even like on certain mornings spending an excessive amount of time? in your appearance um, versus actually having time in the Word of God mm-hmm. and such. So so spiritual adornment, I uh, will end with this, is, is the reality. Cassian says, physical adornment is the symbol of that reality. A woman whose heart has been made beautiful through holiness will delight to dress in a way that pleases her Lord. So uh, we're, we're going to uh, end there. And then um, on Patreon, spend some time talking about uh, maybe some practical do's and don'ts, probably the stuff that would get us labeled as legalists, I imagine. So, <laughs> well, we'd like to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, if you'd like to support us, uh, then uh, please visit our Patreon page and become a supporter today. Uh, so now go seek God and His Word as you build your household through dominion and mastery to be joyful, sturdy, and productive.